0: Hi, ParCast listeners, I'm Molly.
1: And I'm Richard. Welcome back to Dark Green, Earth Crimes and Conspiracies.
0: For this event, ParCast is investigating the shadowy corners where crime and the environment meet and telling those stories because climate change affects all parts of society, including crimes and conspiracies.
1: If you're enjoying our Earth Day episodes and would like to learn more, or take action on the climate, visit www.spotify.com slash dark resources. It's lunchtime. Time to head to the cafeteria and grab a tray. You're feeling particularly hungry this afternoon, so you pile on lots of sides.
0: Minutes later, you're done eating. There's still some food left on your tray, but you're stuffed and need to get back to work.
1: So, you bust your tray. Your half-eaten sandwich and salad go straight to the trash.
0: Later, you swing by the office kitchen and open the refrigerator, hoping to find a healthy snack. You reach for Greek yogurt, only to see its sell-by date was a couple of days ago. So instead of eating it, you toss it in the garbage.
1: Since you can't find any snacks in the office, you walk to the local grocery store. While you're there, you decide to get some items for home too.
0: You're tempted to buy grapes, but you can't remember if you already have some at your apartment. Just to be safe, you grab a bag.
1: That night, you bring your groceries in. As you're putting them away, you realize you already had grapes. They were just tucked away in the corner of your fridge.
0: Now, you have more grapes than you know what to do with, so you throw out the old ones.
1: In just a few hours, you've discarded perfectly good food from your lunch tray, office, and home. And this day in the life scenario pales in comparison to the amount of food thrown away by farms and grocery stores because of their wasteful policies.
0: If we could round up all the food we throw away and deliver it to those in need, we could end world hunger. And yet, over 800 million people all over the planet experience hunger at some point throughout the year.
1: So, is there anything we can do about it?
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: You know, Molly, our last episode made me realize just how precious water is. And today, I'm thinking twice about the food I put on my plate and how much of it I throw away.
0: If you tally up all the food that's discarded every year, it comes out to 1.3 billion tons. We have so much to eat, yet hundreds of millions go hungry.
1: But is it possible to reduce waste and get food to all the people who need it? Well. That remains to be seen.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
1: Hunger is one of the most pervasive issues on our planet. According to a July 2022 report by the United Nations, 828 million people suffer from hunger, meaning they are at risk of chronic undernourishment.
0: The number is so astronomical, it bears repeating. Hunger impacts 828 million people. That's about two and a half times the population of the United States.
1: And it's only getting worse. Since 2019, the number of people suffering from food insecurity has risen by 150 million.
0: It's hard to pinpoint any single cause for this. The UN has blamed poverty, violent conflicts, climate change, and food waste. Of these,
1: food waste, though widespread, should be the easiest to solve. According to the UN, we already produce enough to feed nearly all those in need. But so much of it is wasted, we ultimately see a huge deficit.
0: In the United States alone, the Natural Resources Defense Council, or NRDC, found 40% of our food is never consumed. In fact, in 2020, the U.S. was the fifth biggest waster.
1: The problem begins before fruits or vegetables even hit the market stands. In developing countries, produce spoils quickly because farmers don't have access to proper storage facilities or the resources to keep pests away.
0: There's also the added factor that supermarkets can be picky about size and shape.
1: Yep, you heard right. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, or USDA, has rules for how produce in markets should look and feel. Tomatoes are required to be, quote, fairly well-formed, fairly smooth, and not overly ripe or soft.
0: These beauty standards have nothing to do with how tasty or nutritious the plant is. They mean farmers end up throwing away perfectly good harvests just because they're not pretty enough.
1: But there are exceptions, like Art Barrientos. He grows cauliflower at Ocean Mist Farms in Salinas Valley, California. If he finds a head that's larger than normal or has a slight yellowish tinge, he knows grocery stores won't buy it.
0: Keep in mind, the yellowish tint is a result of sun exposure and doesn't affect how the cauliflower tastes. But still, the vendors don't want it.
1: And even after grocers have curated aesthetically pleasing displays, they continue to waste. That's because they tend to overstock their shelves with tall piles of fruits and vegetables and rows of boxed items, many of which end up losing their freshness from being out for so long.
0: Market owners know they've bought too much, but they keep overstocking anyway. Conventional wisdom says customers tend to be attracted to full shelves rather than sparse ones. There's even a saying in the business, stack them high, watch them fly.
1: In the 2015 documentary, Just Eat It, Canadian farm stand operator Delaney Zayak said if he put a single bunch of chard out, it would likely just sit there. Customers would assume there was something wrong with it if it was the only one left. However, if he put 30 bunches of chard piled atop each other, he was confident he could sell 25 of them in an hour.
0: And that's all before we get into misleading sell-by dates.
1: You've likely seen similar terms like use-by or best if used-by on food labels. If you've ever wondered how manufacturers determine those dates, we don't have an answer for you. They're not regulated and often don't have anything to do with food safety. They're made up by companies, but presumably they ensure you enjoy the food at peak freshness. Then you'll want to buy more in the future.
0: For example, let's say I had a farm called Molly's Ranch where I sold eggs. According to the USDA, most eggs are good for at least three weeks from the time you put them in your refrigerator. So I should tell customers they can consume their eggs up to three weeks later. But that's not a good business
1: decision for Molly. If she lets customers know the eggs can last that long, the clients might not enjoy them at their peak freshness, which is only two weeks. And if they don't enjoy the omelet made of eggs from Molly's ranch, customers might be tempted
0: to buy from a different brand next time. So, I label cartons with a best buy date that's just two weeks from today. These artificial sell
1: by dates come and go so quickly, but the items are often still okay to eat. They can even be donated to food banks, but they're usually not.
0: That's because donating can be a costly endeavor. It takes time to gather and box leftovers and coordinate with a nonprofit. It's easier and cheaper for businesses to throw away food that's past its best-by date.
1: Even when nonprofits offer to handle pickup, businesses often toss the product anyway. In the U.S., many supermarket operators fear they'll be sued if someone gets sick from the donation.
0: But a 2013 study by the University of Arkansas found no lawsuits related to food donations have ever been filed against grocery stores. Besides,
1: since 1996, American markets have been protected by the Good Samaritan Food Act. This offers limited liability should someone become ill from donated food.
0: Still, grocery stores don't seem to have gotten the memo. They keep throwing out product, and some eco-enthusiasts are taking notice. In
1: 2014, activist Rob Greenfield scavenged through grocery store dumpsters all over the U.S. In every city, he found an astonishing amount of perfectly good food. During a stint in Nebraska, he filled boxes with discarded fruit, vegetables, and bread, all still in their original packaging and safe to eat. That stop alone had enough to feed about
0: 100 families. The US wastes $165 billion worth of food every year. According to Greenfield, that's more than the budgets of the country's national parks, public libraries, veterans' healthcare, federal prisons, the FBI, and the FDA combined.
1: Greenfield wanted to do something to reverse that trend, but he knew he couldn't convince the entire country to join him in dumpster diving.
0: Instead, He and local volunteers drove the discarded food to parks in various cities. There, they set up a picnic and invited the community to take whatever they pleased.
1: This didn't happen only in big cities. Greenfield encountered the same issue in small towns like Lancaster, Pennsylvania and Burlington, Vermont, a community recognized by the UN as a model of sustainability.
0: We likely all know someone who throws out food once it's past its best buy date, if we're not guilty of it ourselves.
1: If Greenfield took a peek at the trash bins on my street, he'd likely think they look a lot like the grocery store dumpsters he dived in.
0: This isn't only a problem due to food insecurity, there's also the issue of where all that waste goes a landfill. These enormous pits with piles of garbage have catastrophic consequences for the entire planet.
1: Coming up, the human and environmental impact of food waste.
0: Listeners, we hope you're enjoying our Earth Day special. Here's a reminder that you can find more of Dark Green, Earth Crimes and Conspiracies on other ParCast series all month long.
1: A personal favorite of mine is Unsolved Murder's exploration into the life and death of conservationist Diane Fossey. Known for her gentle persona working with gorillas, some say Fossey had a ruthless side, one that could have made her a
0: target. Catch this two-parter and a host of other new episodes throughout April. And if you'd like to take action on the climate, or learn more about the topics covered in Dark Green, Earth Crimes and Conspiracies, visit spotify.com darkgreenresources dark green resources. Now back to the story. Though we depend on food to survive, we also waste it at a staggering rate. And according to the nonprofit organization, Feeding America, if kids don't have enough to eat, they're more likely to develop chronic illnesses or need hospitalization their cognition and behavior can suffer.
1: Fully 50% of children experiencing food insecurity have to repeat a grade of school. Looking even further down the road, college graduation rates are closely tied to whether or not students have enough food to eat.
0: After all, it's hard to focus in a classroom when you're hungry. Take Temple University senior Trayvon Williams. In 2018, He was upgraded from a walk-on to a full scholarship athlete for his football team. It was a huge breakthrough for his athletic career and his hunger.
1: For the previous three years, Trayvon had attended classes and practiced during the day, then worked at night to afford his meals.
0: Trayvon only got three or four hours of sleep and often skipped lunch. The hunger caused intense migraines during class and the anxiety took an emotional toll. Trayvon told Sports Illustrated's Priya Desai that some nights he felt so helpless he screamed into his pillow and wanted to cry.
1: Fortunately, once Trayvon was awarded a full scholarship, he could quit his job and still afford to eat better. Unfortunately, not everyone gets a breakthrough like this. A 2015 Canadian study found adolescents suffering from hunger were at higher risk of depression and suicidal ideation.
0: Parents often sacrificed their own meals for their kids' sake, like Melinda Baker, a mother of two teenage boys living in Tyler, Texas. When the pandemic hit, her sons could no longer go to school, which typically served breakfast and lunch. Although the school distributed grab and go meals, Baker worked during the pickup times, and her husband has a disability, which prevented him from driving, which meant she was responsible for feeding her sons.
1: Baker told the New York Times' Jason DeParle she only made $10 per hour working as a cashier at a local Walgreens store. It was difficult to survive on her
0: salary and food stamps. So when she had to come up with 20 more meals every week, she no longer had the budget for fruit like strawberries. Instead, she stocked up on less wholesome but cheaper items like sloppy joes.
1: Baker and her husband also cut back on their portions, putting their children's needs before their own. Whenever their sons reached for seconds, Baker and her spouse pretended they were distracted. They assured the kids the family had plenty more, But when the boys weren't around, Baker would make herself a bologna sandwich.
0: Soon, her oldest son noticed his parents' sacrifices. He started saying he was full, even though Baker knew he was still hungry.
1: Stories like these are sadly common. And when it comes to food waste, hunger is just one negative outcome. It also makes clean water more scarce. Like we mentioned last episode,
0: Edible plants and animals need a lot of water over the course of their lifetime. So when we throw our leftovers away, we're also wasting the water that went into creating them. That's a precious resource that could have gone to over 2 billion people who lack access.
1: And that's not all. We're also wasting other resources like labor and energy. The UN says wasted food accounts for over 11% of global energy consumption. If that number sounds high, think about the many steps involved in producing and transporting consumables. Irrigation, harvesting, and packaging,
0: just to name a few. And energy prices are at record highs. When natural gas and oil are so expensive, businesses may increase their prices rather than take the difference out of their profits.
1: Higher energy costs, leading to more expensive goods, is a recipe for inflation. In other words, food waste disrupts the global
0: economy. Fortunately, economic downturns can be mitigated or undone, but food waste's impact on our environment appears to be irreversible.
1: Let's say you throw out an apple core. It will eventually get picked up and dumped into a landfill.
0: Although landfills contain other kinds of rubbish, food waste takes up the most space. So the more food we throw away, the more landfills need to be built. Their construction often involves deforestation and the destruction of habitats for local wildlife.
1: What's more, the average landfill is 600 acres. That's bigger than Disneyland. A garbage dump that big is like a massive cafeteria for seabirds. But seabirds weren't
0: meant to eat trash. In the Spanish island of Majorca, researchers found seabirds eating at landfills had lung problems and other ailments. It's not clear if the birds were born that way or if they developed health problems after consuming trash.
1: Either way, when your apple core is dumped at a waste facility, It sets off a chain reaction that
0: makes climate change worse. Picture a landfill where your core joins countless other pieces of discarded food, a half-eaten burger, an unopened bag of chips, and so on. Many of these items are still wrapped in plastic, which makes them harder to decompose.
1: When all that rubbish is piled up, it emits a potent greenhouse gas called methane. That substance traps heat in our atmosphere. The more we waste, the more
0: we pollute. Or as comedian John Oliver so eloquently put it on Last Week Tonight, quote, When we dump food into a landfill, we're essentially throwing a trash blanket over a flatulent food man and Dutch ovening the entire planet.
1: Rising temperatures and unpredictable rainfall can harm new crops. Falling yields means there's less food to be bought and sold. Produce becomes more expensive, meaning lower-income people are priced out of buying fresh, healthy foods.
0: As more people struggle to afford the necessities, they'll likely suffer from hunger. It's a vicious domino effect that's especially painful for people in food-insecure regions of Africa, South Asia, and Southeast Asia.
1: So, to recap, there are several consequences for wasting food. It exacerbates world hunger, increases energy prices, and drives the construction of hazardous waste sites. It also intensifies climate change, limiting our food supply and causing poverty.
0: And then there's perhaps the most obvious outcome. When you toss food in the garbage, you're throwing away your money.
1: According to the U.N., about $1 trillion worth of food is wasted every year. That's trillion with a T. The U.S. accounts for about a fifth of that total, with the average American family of four discarding $1,600 worth of produce annually.
0: And unless we make big changes, waste like this is on track to become even more rampant.
1: Coming up, how we can feed the world. Now, back to the story.
0: Food waste is a complex problem that's inextricably tied to other serious issues. If we address it, we'll also be helping solve those other problems too.
1: Thankfully, in recent years, nonprofits and business leaders have stepped up. Today, they're working on solutions to eradicate food waste.
0: They start at farms and supermarkets, Grocery stores can accept produce that looks less conventional. So instead of throwing away cauliflower that's slightly yellow or too big, farmers can sell it.
1: While we wait for grocers to adopt these changes, entrepreneurs have already launched businesses that deliver misshapen, discolored, and perfectly nutritious food to hundreds of thousands of customers.
0: One of these companies, Misfits Market, was founded in 2018 by Abi Ramesh. Abhi was apple-picking with friends at a farm in Pennsylvania when he noticed dozens of apples had fallen from a nearby tree. These
1: either had minor spots or were misshapen, but they were fresh and fine to eat. Nevertheless, the apples were soon scooped up by a farm worker and taken away in a large bin.
0: Abhi asked where they were being whisked off to the farmer said they were going to be stored in a cooler with thousands of other misshapen apples. He'd sell what he could to markets, but that would still leave a lot of leftovers. At that point, he'd either throw the fruit away, feed it to his pigs, or compost it.
1: Abby was astonished by the waste that occurred at this small farm. It made him wonder what could be happening at larger farms across
0: the country. That question inspired him to launch Misfit's Market. The company buys misshapen produce that would otherwise go to waste and distributes it to over 750,000 customers across the U.S.
1: While grocery chains may claim their strict aesthetic requirements are a necessity, Abi has proven there's high demand for fresh fruits and vegetables regardless of their size or hue.
0: It's worth noting there's been some criticism launched against ugly produce services like Misfits Market. In 2018, the Food Justice Collective, Fat Beats Produce, and Think Tank, Food First, published an op-ed. In it, they accused ugly produce businesses of profiting from consumables that could be donated to food banks.
1: In theory, that's possible. But as things stand, Abi says farmers have little incentive to donate. As we mentioned earlier, charitable contributions can be prohibitively expensive. Abi says farmers would have to pay to transport their misshapen goods hundreds of miles away to the nearest food bank. When they sell their goods to Misfits Market, they're at least making
0: some money. If they received tax breaks for donating produce, things could change. The U.S. already offers some incentives for donating food. In 2005, the law was temporarily expanded to include more businesses and donations shot up by 137% the following year. Farmers and grocery stores had a moral and financial motivation to donate excess food.
1: Governments could also try the opposite. They could punish those who waste. That's been happening in France since 2016, where grocery stores are hit with thousands of dollars of penalties if they throw away goods that could be donated to charities.
0: In a 2019 PBS NewsHour report, journalist Christopher Livesay visited France to see the food law in action. He watched grocery store workers load up a truck with fruit, bread, and yogurt. The items were close to their expiration date, but still good for another five or six days.
1: If not for France's food waste law, these items, hundreds of dollars worth,
0: would end up in the trash. The supermarket's director, Eric Chabert, is happy about the statute. Previously, he had to trash large quantities of produce and constantly schedule its removal. Today, the leftovers are whisked away to nonprofits, and France's policy awards his business with a modest tax break to make donation financially feasible. The policy
1: isn't flawless. Occasionally, markets donate spoiled produce, but since it went into effect, donations to food banks have increased significantly and the country has saved 46,000 tons of food per year.
0: For a perspective, imagine a fleet of over 500 commercial airplanes filled with meals and snacks. That's how much is saved in France each year.
1: The author of France's Food Law told PBS NewsHour other countries are studying the policy and considering similar measures. In the meantime, even if grocery stores aren't incentivized to donate, there are steps they can take to avoid overstocking and get more out of what's on their shelves.
0: In the mid-2000s, Jose Alvarez was promoted to CEO of the supermarket chain Stop & Shop. Now, when Stop & Shop surveyed its customers, they expressed dissatisfaction Although there was plenty of inventory, it wasn't always fresh.
1: As we mentioned earlier, it's standard procedure for grocery stores to entice customers with heaping displays of produce. Alvarez's business was no different, but by the time their avocados at the bottom of a pile made it to the top, they were no longer as appealing.
0: Overstocking was actually hurting the business. So Alvarez broke away from conventional grocery store practices he still made displays appear fully stocked by adding a dummy layer beneath the real produce. This way, he could put eight avocados out instead of 24, and the display would still look bountiful.
1: Sure, stocking shelves with fewer items meant employees spent more time refilling them, but according to Alvarez, that still ended up being faster than having workers look for spoiled goods and remove
0: them. Within a few months, Alvarez's changes had a major impact. Customer satisfaction increased, sales improved, and food waste decreased. Because Stop and Shop was more efficient with inventory, the company saved $100 million that year. Reducing waste turned out to be a savvy business decision.
1: But even when supermarkets are more mindful about their inventory, it's still possible some food will end up on display near its expiration date. By that point, it might be difficult for stores to transport those goods to a nonprofit, so they may want to repurpose the leftovers within the store.
0: This idea occurred to Jenny Costa in the early 2010s after witnessing a shocking amount of food waste in London. She'd grown up on a farm in Scotland and recognized the leftover produce at New Covent Garden Market could be used to make jams and chutneys.
1: So Jenny rescued these items and
0: made delicious
1: spreads based on her mother's recipes. Then she opened a stall in Borough Market and found customers eager to buy her condiments. Soon enough,
0: she launched a full-fledged business called Rubies in the Rubble. Today, it sells products online and in some of the UK's leading retailers, including Harrods.
1: Restaurants also deal with the problem of excess food. If a cafe promises to only sell fresh baked goods every day, a few extra scones at closing time can pose a problem. Even though the baker knows those will be fine to eat the following morning, they still have to be disposed of.
0: Luckily, startups like Too Good To Go are helping restaurants sell their excess food at a discount According to their website, Too Good To Go has partnered with over 150,000 vendors across the U.S. and Europe. The app connects users
1: to local stores and restaurants with extra good. Customers can reserve a mystery bag of leftovers and pick it up at the end of the day for a discounted price.
0: Emily Sawane was one of Too Good To Go's users in Los Angeles. She posted a TikTok video of a recent haul. 13 bagels for about $5. She cut the bagels in half, froze them to make them last longer, and had enough bread to get by for a month.
1: It's a win-win. The bakery gets to sell food that would have otherwise been thrown away, and two good-to-go users like Emily enjoy items at a discounted price.
0: Now, none of the solutions we've discussed have addressed the white whale of food waste, the epitome of excess, buffets, at those establishments, when someone puts food on their plate and takes a bite, it's not easy to repurpose the leftovers. That's why it's important patrons only take portions they can finish.
1: But that's a tough challenge when folks see so much food.
0: We tend to want to eat with our eyes rather than our stomachs. And as long as there's room on our plate, we're likely to fill it. Perhaps that's why the average dinner plate has grown 36% larger since 1960. If you find yourself in a dining hall, your tray might have enough space to fit two plates. This used to be an
1: issue at the University of California, Santa Barbara, where Jill Horst is the Executive Director of Campus Dining. Years ago, Jill noticed how much food remained uneaten when students returned their trays. Jill ultimately realized trays enabled waste, so she got rid of them.
0: In 2009, UCSB's dining halls stopped using trays. Students could still grab as much food as they wanted, but without trays, they didn't pile on as much in the buffet line. If they wanted more, they had to go back for seconds. This extra step helped cut the dining hall's food waste
1: in half. These practices can play out at home, too. Instead of piling food onto large trays, we're stuffing loads into our refrigerators. These appliances have grown over time, allowing us to store
0: and waste more food. Dana Gunders, a senior scientist at the Natural Resources Defense Council, found people are uncomfortable with empty space in their refrigerators, just like with dining trays. The bigger a refrigerator, the more we fill it.
1: And when your fridge is fully stocked, You might forget about the pack of yogurt in the bottom drawer or the cream cheese stashed in the corner. The next time you go to the market, you
0: buy more. You then end up with more than you can eat. Soon enough, these items spoil and you need to throw them away.
1: Or you may accidentally discard them too early because they're past their best buy date, which makes you think they're expired.
0: Remember, as we mentioned earlier, these dates are labeled by manufacturers to indicate peak freshness, not spoilage.
1: There's a simple solution to this problem. Buy what you need and don't treat best buy dates as expiration dates. If you're not sure whether the food in your home is still safe to eat, you can consult the FDA's refrigerator and freezer storage chart by going to tinyurl.com fdachart FDA chart.
0: But even when we're mindful about waste, every now and then, we may end up buying more than we need. The Environmental Protection Agency suggests composting expired food. Composting lowers our emissions and revitalizes soil, unlike garbage and landfills that can make climate change worse.
1: If you have a backyard, you can buy a composter or make a DIY bin. Otherwise, you can find a local compost site's drop-off point.
0: Of all the existential issues our planet faces today, food waste and hunger are two we have the means to fix. This is good news because that frees up our time and energy to take on other existential threats, including fossil fuels and their devastating impact on humanity.
1: Like landfills, fossil fuels, including coal and crude oil, release greenhouse gases into the air. These gases trap heat in our atmosphere, making climate change more severe.
0: Next time, we'll find out how fossil fuels can also be extremely harmful to our land and seas. We'll recount the largest marine oil spill in history, Deepwater Horizon. Join us as we try to figure out where all the oil ended up.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Dark Green, Earth Crimes and Conspiracies, brought to you by Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. Be sure to check out our other shows like Unsolved Murders, Solved Murders, and Serial
0: Killers. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries for free on Spotify every Tuesday. If you'd like to learn more and take action on the climate, visit www.spotify.com slash darkgreenresources. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
1: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast, executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production, and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ali Wickers, our supervising editor, and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ben Hanani, edited by Wendelin Sobroso and Angela Jorgensen, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Chelsea Wood, recorded by Alex Button, produced by Bruce Katovich, and sound designed by Juan Borda. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Richard Rossner.